Greetings, you are now listening to the McCuffey Croncast. Stand by for your hosts, Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni. They will be discussing your favorite baseball squadron, the San Francisco Giants. Take it away, Brian and Doug. The Giants have lost 18 of 27 games coming out of the All-Star break. Buster Posey's back is a mess, and so is the Giants' closing situation. Uh, Doug, let's get right into Giants baseball. <laughs> Giants baseball? <laughs> it's magic inside. It's, it, uh, it is a plane crash humping a train wreck uh, at this point, <laughs> it's safe to say. Uh, the If you didn't watch any of the games, if you stopped watching the Giants good <laughs> but uh they they were they were they've they've gone from just losing all the games they've started very they're into now win lose win lose win lose so they've settled into a nice routine here uh but the l's are finding some creative manner of of taking place and we saw that last night where santiago casilla had two outs in the ninth inning and and hung a curveball so badly that uh, medieval uh, medieval times has banned uh, hanging executions. That's how bad a hanging it was. And so was that metaphor. Doug, what happened? Why well, are the uh, Giants bad? Uh, so what happened, if I'm remembering yesterday's game correctly, is uh, the Orioles took a 5 nothing lead and the Giants came back. And uh, then uh, I'm not remembering. Nope, right? nope, nope. You're, no. you're totally wrong. You're all way totally off. wrong. <laughs> totally wrong. The Giants took a seven-one lead, <laughs> and uh, and then we all took a nap, and then they lost. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Uh, the the week that was featured uh, opening in Miami which is a tough place for the Giants usually, regardless of the stadium. And the Giants actually won their first, and I'm, I mean, we can actually say this and be technically technically correct, they won their first and only series of the second half, uh, <laughs> taking two out of three in Miami, uh, including a one nothing game that was started by Jeff Samarja. I'm not making this up. Um, and he looked fine. And then they've hosted Baltimore over the weekend. And Baltimore has, you know, basically the same record as the Giants. Now they are one game better. But, um, you know, the the Giants won one of those games and were in a position to win two of those games when after Friday night, really, if you kind of look at it, like every Orioles hitter looks like he could hit a home run. And, <laughs> and I think every single one of them did at some point in this series. But... Uh, so the Giants they they won uh, they won three games this week and they and they only lost three games this week so that is progress folks. They're they're slowly getting better. <laughs> uh, give them like five more weeks and they'll be going four and two. <laughs> give them another season and they're back on track. Uh, the Dodgers lost yesterday, so the Giants maintain some, somehow are one game ahead. Uh, and you're listening to this podcast because you want us to break things down. So, <laughs> uh, the only thing I could say that, that's worth breaking down is that Buster Posey's back has been uh, not great the whole for a lot of the season. 
which speaks to my long-running ridiculous commentary that something's amiss with Buster Posey. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if Buster Posey's been having a, a very good year. Yes. You know, I mean, not, not by kick standards, but by right. baseball <laughs> player standards, especially by catcher standards, and he's been doing that with a kind of balky back. So, um, you know, you hope that he feels better. You hope that he can play on it. It seems like he can. He pinch hit in the, in the ninth yesterday and was intentionally walked because it turns out that uh, facing Denard Span is preferable to facing Buster Posey, which no one saw coming. <laughs> uh, Joe Panic and Hunter Pence are both kind of starting to look like baseball players again, um, are usable baseball players, useful for the Giants anyway. Uh, that's really was the result of this series. I'm trying to pull any positives I can out of here. I would say that Matt Cain getting hit really hard against Baltimore, I wrote this in my recap and I'm standing by it, was not a sign of a guy who doesn't belong. It just looked like a guy who was overmatched and he's the fifth starter. And for whatever reason, it just was not one of those games where I'm like, oh, Matt Cain is toast. He's been really bad this year. There's no question. But I'm going to still subscribe to the line of like, he's on the men back to being useful. If Jake Peavy has that start, the Giants probably don't lose five to two. They probably lose fifteen to two. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Matt Cain at this point is not someone who you would expect to shut down some of it, one of baseball's best offenses, and he didn't. No. So that that worked out. <laughs> um, the the Giants did, and he would have he would have given up more runs, except the Giants turned to that bizarre double play when he had he walked someone and then. Or was it like a ground out? I, I don't remember exactly what the play was when they got the runners on both second and third who were off the bases. Oh, man, I don't even remember that play. <laughs> uh, that was three days ago, and I <laughs> I, uh, I have auditions swimming in my head. That's what I spent <laughs> most of my Sunday doing was auditioning actors in person. So, uh, yeah, I don't even, I'm trying to remember what inning that even happened in. But, uh, <laughs> well, not the fifth. No, not the fifth. But, uh, yeah, but that's sort of baseball, right? That you have these kind of lucky or, you know, fortuitous bounces. But this was something that's eluded Kane and Peavy almost entirely this year because they didn't even put their leave their team in a position to make such plays. Everything's just hit hard. So I, I would say that, yes, Matt Kane, they had a lot of hard contact against Matt Kane. There's no question. But I would say it wasn't all hard contact. And for that, <laughs> he gets a gold star. <laughs> the, the star is made of potassium benzoate. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> um, uh, yes, yeah, that was in the first inning. So, you know, the, other than that, it was not a great start. Uh, it, was the, it, was the, it was the old uh, third base, weekly hit the third base. That was the one you're talking What am I? Yeah, that's the one you're talking about, right? That Trumbo went into? No, I believe it was in the fourth. It was fielder. So Machado hit into a fielder's choice. There we go. Out third, and then it went pitcher, first base, shortstop, third base, and second base into a rundown. And Machado was out at second and trying to advance on a throw. That's right. Now I vaguely remember that play. <laughs> yeah, if you I, remember I did that by memory. I definitely was not looking at baseball <laughs> reference in Boston. So uh, that was another highlight of the week for the Giants. Uh, I would say that uh, as, as much as it sounds like I might be homering, being a homer for Matt Kane, I will not be for Jeff Samarja. 
Uh, I don't think Jeff Samarja looked tremendously better. I simply think that Bochy got him out of there before things went bad. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's possible. So he, I know that, that Giancarlo Stanton doesn't have uh, good numbers against Samarja Lifetime, but he lucked out a little bit that Stanton was in the lineup, and now it turns out that Stanton's out for the year, which is sad because we all love dingers. Yes. Uh, not the ones in Colorado, but other right, ones. Right, right. Um, so he'll Nobody have, likes that dinger. Nobody likes that <laughs> dinger. So Smarter got a little bit lucky that he wasn't the biggest power throw was in there, but he did manage to shut down a, a decent Marlins lineup. They're okay, right? They're not. They're, no, they're they're like Christian Yelich as a player has been really hard for the Giants as an organization to get out. Yeah. So the fact that he was my, moderately successful there, yeah, I, it's I, they're an overall decent team, and the Giants have really struggled against good teams in the last two months. Um, but yeah, so it was encouraging to see him do that. And it was, you know, you, you say that he did, Samarja didn't look better, but Bochy got him out of there in time. I think that was encouraging, too. That's what Bochy should be doing. I feel like it's a lot easier for Bochy to do it when it's not one of his guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and it has to be, otherwise it has to be a Jake Peavy situation where he's getting shelled eight games in a row, and then he'll have the quick trigger. But, you know, Samarja threw 82 pitches in five and two-thirds innings. He had three walks, gave up three hits, and he had three strikeouts. I do not really watching his stuff. Uh, in the podcast that we tried to record last week, and uh, thank you for listening to us after the technical difficulties that came through there. Uh, one thing was, uh, was, you know, he's, maybe he's throwing through the brakes on his breaking ball or something. He's just throwing overthrowing on every pitch he certainly has the stuff there's no question about it but again i just didn't see a lot of shifting of planes or tilts on his pitches it just his his slider looked it looked like it broke a little bit more than it tended to a little more consistently in the game and uh, and his fastball was good and yeah maybe the marlins are not a, a ferocious team and so it was a good confluence of events but, you know, Bochy got him out of there when their runner's on. And, and uh, sorry, that was the game that uh, we, didn't, we didn't even talk about this. Was this the game that Ron Wotus managed? No, that wasn't. That was not no, the that wasn't. So Bochy no, got him out of there. Yeah, we can talk about that in a second. But Will Smith came into the game and, and, and didn't give up any runs. <laughs> so, uh, and that was kind of a minor miracle just based on his first couple of appearances. But in any case, you know, I, I think a short lease was sh- lease leash there's the word with samarja uh, going forward just it makes sense and you know i think if the giants essentially have two number five starters in terms of how they treat them that's that's gonna in the long run be a a net game for the giants because number five starters have their uses the you know prototypically they they give you those five innings right and then anything you get after that is a bonus and uh, i think the giants will will breathe a sigh of relief if that's what they can get consistently the rest of the season yeah no absolutely i mean if they can get major league performances out of kane and smarja through the end of the year uh i think at this point they would feel very very lucky they're spending a lot of money for very you know essentially replacement level performance but at this point you know you know the giants are in trouble and they need they need help somewhere uh we're bouncing around uh through the week but uh, another major story uh, you know, Bruce Bochy was hospitalized. He had a potentially a heart, another issue with his heart. So Ron Wotus managed the game. Um, but I guess the bigger news, you know, is like 
Bruce Bochy has heart issues, and it's it's always this reminder of, oh, it's a game, and then, oh, right, life. People yeah. live and die. So get well, Bochy, and uh, I'm sorry this team is – I mean, the, the team is breaking his heart. Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I mean, he also – he must have been a little bit hurt that Brandon Crawford was so encouraged that Bochy wasn't there. He immediately went out and got seven hits. <laughs> um, that's That's definitely how that happened. That's absolutely that's absolutely right. <laughs> so I, I, I saw some you know, we commenter on the site mention that oh, but if he had just gone like four for six and one of those hits was a home run, then it wouldn't have gone, <laughs> it wouldn't have gone on so long. <laughs> that's our old McCovey Chronicles site. <laughs> um, I will say on on the podcast that we couldn't record last week, I believe we agreed that Brandon Crawford would get seven hits in a game this week. Oh yeah, that was well. You said you said seven, and I said six because I said seven's ridiculous. So you were actually spot on there. Yeah. Um, so we <laughs> so nicely done. That. Yeah, uh, that was the four, that was fourteen innings, and uh, that was a heck of a way. That was just a heck of a way to get <laughs> that part of the road trip going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a game that went <laughs> that dragged from day into night, uh, and the Giants, by the way, had a had a. Uh, Five run seventh inning to to uh, get that game uh, ahead, and then of course they couldn't hold on to that lead uh, either. So that was another questionable Johnny Cueto start. That was a Will Smith blow up that we had kind of referenced. Um, Casilla actually Casilla Strickland and Romo had good appearances, and then I think I talked about this on the podcast, but now it's it bears repeating after another week. George Contos has looked great. He has. He's, um, he's not, you know, you can tell from the stuff he's never going to be the shutdown fan, like the spectacular Zach Britton, just for one example. But he's definitely looked like a good major league reliever. Not even, you know, serviceable, not even fine for the Giants kind of damning with faint praise. He's looked like a good reliever. Well, he has been since they got him. I mean, right? That's sort yeah. of been the the luck of that, that Chris Stewart deal was that they got someone back who was useful at all because... You know, in the Benji Molina trade, oh man, Michael Maine was the one guy, but Chris Ray was the was the reliever they got. And uh, I remember being kind of, like kind of excited about Chris Ray, going like he's kind of serviceable, and and he wasn't really. But you know, George Contos has been very useful, and he's had a lot of shaky times where you thought, oh, he's maybe he's done. And to be fair to Brian's criticism voice, <laughs> he is pitching in garbage time. You know, the Giants are, are almost always losing when he's pitching, and that was the case over uh, on Saturday night, on Friday night uh, against the Orioles. But in this game, this was to get the win in this 14-inning game, and he gave up no hits. He walked one, and he struck out two. You know, Contos makes his mistakes, and, but in the same appearances, he's able to <clears throat> kind of work through those mistakes. So, in other words, he's not just Samarja. Well, he'll have consecutive bad plate appearances. He's able to kind of, if he makes a mistake in an at-bat, the next the next hitter, he's not necessarily carrying those mistakes over. Yeah, at least that's what I've seen. He's been very he's been very consistent. He's been you know basically an average to above average reliever who has not really killed them. And and this bullpen that's a that's a GD miracle. It is. I mean it's. It's kind of weird to say that to to be so kind of halting in our praise of George Contos, who has a two eleven ERA this year. Um, <laughs> right. 
But he has seemed like someone who's not as good as that, and especially in, in big situations. Um, but he's also been a, he's also, there have also been a lot of games that we don't remember where he was really good. So. Yeah, I think it's just he gets those clean innings. He looks, he, you know, he does yeah. a nice job. He doesn't tend to create too much trouble or traffic for himself. Yeah. But if you bring him in in a leverage spot, that's a problem. <laughs> that, that is scary. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the big news, obviously, is that the butt-ass Giants are alive and well uh, because <laughs> they're able to lose games in such spectacular fashion. Uh, Santiago Casilla, is he going to remain the closer, I think is the big question of the week. And uh, I would say, well, I'll let you go first, Doug. I mean, it would seem like he shouldn't. Derek Law has been fantastic this year, and uh, he certainly has has been, his roles in the, the bullpen have been in later and later innings. You know, when he first came up, it was like a sixth or seventh inning. And then lately, he's been the eighth inning guy, so it would not be surprising to me to see him be the ninth inning guy. On the other hand, the one thing I do like about Derek Law not being the closer is that he can come in any time and strike some dude out. Right. And that's very important for this bullpen, which doesn't really have that. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I feel like what's going to happen is, I'm going to be totally wrong, but my, my sense is knowing the Giants is that if they make a move right away, it's to Romo again. That they're going to try that one more time. And then if if that doesn't happen or doesn't work, which I don't think it would work if they went to it, it's Strickland. Because I think it's going to then be the seniority game. And I think Strickland profiles a little bit more as the closer type. But then I think what is probably the most likely thing to happen. I just don't think Law's going to get there this year. I just don't see it happening. As maybe the eighth inning guy locking in after this, I kind of see that happening. But I feel like people are going to hopscotch. They're going to jump over him. You know, and, and Bochy's going to play around with the seventh and ninth. And I think Bochy will punt the issue of Casilla and say matchups. <laughs> Whatever's the best matchup. And so I think, I think if it's not Romo who they turn to because he's got the experience, they're going to go to Strickland because he throws 95. Yeah, And Strickland has looked okay. Um, you know, I think... I don't think it's possible for him to... Have, <laughs> look at... Listen to me jinxing him. Uh, I don't think it's possible for him to have survived this long in the season if who he was was closer to his NLDS 2014. Right. Uh, yeah. And we haven't really seen that. He gives up hard contact, and he's not fantastic. But, you know, he's not, oh, I'm going to give up a home run to Bryce Harper every time, or whatever it is. <laughs> so I think it's Strickland. He just seems more like a closer type. But I, it just doesn't seem like the Giants' way to make that kind of a change. Casilla is not Armando Benitez. No, he's not. Casilla he's, he's, has been a good reliever this year in most of his appearances. Um, and, you know, some of his blown saves came as a result of having a lot of one-run leads, which you're going to blow fairly often. Uh, but then this one, you know, the one yesterday was such a disaster. And, you know, actually, now that I think about it, it has been so long since he really blew a save. I don't think that will get him out of the role. I think there would have to be, have to be another one. Yeah, I think it, if especially if it happens within the next week, yeah. I can I can definitely see it then happening there, and you know you know Casilla this is 
to his credit, he's been able to turn the page as much as possible. But you know, I think there were boos at the game yesterday. Um, oh, after yeah, so that's unusual because Giants fans don't really do that to their own players, um, and so that could have some sort of an effect. Who knows? He, but you know, Casilla in his comments this year has, you know, there's some cracks there. Yeah, there are. Uh, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> He's getting a little twitchy, maybe, and he he knows what's happening. I think I want to put one more. I want to make one more comment about closers and all that stuff. Isn't it interesting, the the male ego? Because I can't speak to female ego, but that one guy is willing to sink an entire team just so he doesn't lose his role. Because like, he doesn't want to get out of that role. He wants to be the closer, even if it means it hurts his team. Yeah, no, he he <laughs> relishes being the closer. It it the suggestion that he might not be the closer is very hurtful to him. Right. So <laughs> it's just very strange because it's like so you're okay with as long as you're the closer. That's great. And if the team doesn't make the playoffs because, you know, they lose by th- three games and you had five key blown saves, let's say, this would co- qualify as one of those key blown saves. You know, you're okay with that because you kept your job. I don't know. <laughs> That's a very very masculine trait, for better or worse. Yeah, it is. All right, so let's uh, let's pick our um, our – what is it? Game of the week? Best game? Worst game? Yeah, best game of the week. All right. Uh, best game of the week. I'm going to go ahead and not pick yesterday. <laughs> um, Hard pass. I'm, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it's really tempting to go with the most satisfying win, which was the 14 inning one. But I think just the most flat out enjoyable game was the, the Saturday game. Bumgarner uh, just being better than the Orioles and panic showing signs of life. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. The uh, 14-inning game had excitement within it, but it was kind of a bad game. It was kind of, it just took so long, and it just felt bad. It felt gross. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think that's that's fine for us to say because it's. I think our unanimous player of the week. Am I wrong? Is Brandon Crawford? No, it has to be. Yeah, it's Brandon Crawford. <laughs> There's no choice. Yeah. Uh, and worst game of the week. I mean, we've been talking about it for most of this podcast, so it's pretty clear. Uh, do we want to throw out any honorable mentions or anything like that? I, I want to say, again, Angel Pagan, thank you for being consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah Except for your defense yesterday. Otherwise. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but, I mean, uh, Wendy Thurm, our friend of the show, she, uh, you know, she made a comment about about the Giants and how they're, you know, just after yesterday's loss, just like, ah, forget it. Just focus on next year. And and my comment was, well, they're kind of committed to this team for a while, so it's not going to change very much. This, these are the players they have. They have to do better. This is it. This is the best they're ever going to be. And she mentioned that Pagan would be leaving, and I didn't respond to this, and I, I'm not, like, trying to win the argument now here on my show. But I'm, and I'm not. I'm just saying, like, well, if you think about Pagan, it's like, well, he's not the problem. Even though his defense is whatever, he's been hitting at least, and he's somehow stayed healthy. So, right. yeah, <laughs> he has. Um, I think Pagan's a good honorable mention. And you know what? I'll just say it again, Joe Panic, for getting back on track. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it, if we were to if we had to whittle down or just say who we loved, like right. Derek, Derek Law, Joe Panic. 
Buster Posey, obviously. Those are the three. And, and then, you'd, then you'd pour some, some, some out for Matt Duffy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt <laughs> Duffy. Who had, his, uh, who, didn't, who had an inauspicious debut with the Rays. But in any case, he brought us Matt Moore, who is good, and I'm looking forward to more starts with him. Yeah. Uh, so one, one thing before we get to your Twitter questions that's important to point out is that the Giants unveiled a new statue in front of AT&T Park uh, this week on Saturday. And that was a the statue for Gaylord Perry, a Hall of Famer. And uh, if you just stumble on his baseball reference page, you'll you'll see some pretty amazing numbers. I don't know if, how often you listening to the show ever check out old players' stats, but like I'll just throw out like um, complete games. He had back to back twenty nine complete game seasons. <laughs> Gaylord Perry did. I mean, there's a lot of big numbers that are bold and bold in there. Um, I don't have any, you know, he was all before my time. I have no connection to Gaylord Perry. I have no fondness for him, no thoughts about him. Uh, obviously, it's right there, his name. I mean, so <laughs> that's that's pretty much about it for him. Um, but if you want to say something about him, uh, that's cool. I'll give you a second. But then I have a bigger question to ask you. Um, I guess the only thing I have to say about Gaylord Perry is um, I wrote an article about him in the offseason when when it was revealed there would be a statue this year about his five best starts to the Giants. Uh, and I just want to say he, there was a game where he threw, which is not as famous as the other, as the one Marischal 16 game because it wasn't against a, a future Hall of Famer. But Gaylord Perry did throw 16 innings of scoreless ball in a game once. Um and the Giants ended up winning it in 22. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is just an insane performance that you will never see. No one in my lifetime will ever do that. No. And it's it's really remarkable. And that was against a lineup that where every player in it was either a, was like either a future all star or a past all star. <laughs> it was. <laughs> the, so. the old the that's the part that I like about baseball history. It, and it, why it's difficult to compare eras because I mean it's it's not even we're talking about that happening today why it couldn't or wouldn't but just the fact that it has happened and just looking at what it is it's it's, it's just fun it's kind of cool to think about and in, in a lot of ways we have the perspective of history I'm sure watching that game was not that enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> and by the way I could totally see the Giants playing a 22 inning game today and losing it so. <laughs> Uh, that's that's impressive. Um, but now I want to ask the big question. Uh, I think the answer is obvious, so I'm going to put a wrinkle in there. I'm going to put two wrinkles in there. What are the next two statues the Giants should create, or, you know, have commission and unveil? And what famous at bat or game should those poses reference? Uh, okay. So the obvious answer for both of us is Bonds. That's right. the next one. Has to happen. Um, so for me, I think the pose is after he hit 756, he did that like two arms up kind of pure joy kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that would be a good one. Like I know he's dropped his bat and you want to see him holding the bat, but still that sort of celebration of, yeah, that's right, I'm the greatest. Yeah. Because um, he was. Yeah. Now this is just for fun, I feel like, but I only have jokes right now. I, I feel like there's two possibilities for bonds. First of all, they should have multiple bond statues. Right. Why not? It's one of the, that's right. 
Uh, one should be a, a, a mechanical one, still bronze, but with some uh, machinery at the bottom, where he pirouetted out of the batter's box against the Dodgers. Or he he, he not pirouetted. He uh, he spun around as he <laughs> ran out of the batter's box yeah. against the Dodgers. That one, and then. Even though it happened in Florida, I would like to have a picture of him holding a broken bat <laughs> from that home run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, his home run off of Chano Park, which was 500, I think, uh, you know, he has had some memorable swings. I think one of his last, maybe it was 72, was against uh, Kevin Mulholland. So it was a knuckleball, and he kind of like, he kind of like, had a really weird spring swing where his legs were really wide apart and it was just kind of be golfed it out. He's had a lot of weird good looks and certainly if we are Giants fans in the Bay Area, we've seen all those home runs replayed over and over again. So he's got a lot of good poses, but those are mine. The other one, Doug, which would be like a trolling one, is a bronze version of him sitting in a recliner in the Giants clubhouse. <laughs> just commemorate that forever. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so now this is the tricky part for both of us. The second statue. Um, let's see. You know what? I'm going to go with a statue because uh, I don't. I don't think Ken, Jeff Ken is quite big enough to get a statue. No, no. So I'm going to say the next statue would be Buster Posey hugging Madison Bumgarner after 2014 World Series. Yeah, yeah. You know why that works? It works in a lot of ways. Because it commemorates the first three is what you could do. Yeah. Or as I like to say, the only three. <laughs> so, was that clear, folks? Let me stage this. Brian, you're terrible. The only three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great one. A Buster Hug statue, essentially. Yeah. 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 Uh, would have also just gone with Madison Bumgarner as well. Could sure. you imagine if, if Pablo Sandoval hadn't worn out his welcome essentially and he played for five more years with the Giants he would have a statue I think he was in he was trending in that direction I mean maybe it's um with him it, it seems like the statues go to Hall of Famers and like well I feel like you know it's the, they've got the money they do have the money <laughs> Uh, yeah, not a Hall yeah, not. But are we saying that Buster Posey and or Madison Bumgarner are Hall of Famers? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure. I mean, let's hope that this year is an aberration for Buster Posey, because if this is the rest of his career, he will be an outstanding Major League Baseball player <laughs> in the history of the sport, but he may not be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Although, I kind of said that about Carlos Beltran's career as it kind of wound down. And I think the talk is pretty much, yeah, he is a, a Hall of Famer, which is encouraging. It's great to see. It's great. I love that I was able to turn this into a Car Carlos Beltran conversation, one of my favorite topics. Um, <laughs> all right. Now let's turn it over to you guys and your topics. Doug, we have any Twitter questions this week? We do have Twitter questions. Okay. Uh, the first the first question came from uh, Joshua Holdridge, at joshhold one is the fifth inning of Sunday's game the end of the butt-ass Giants? <laughs> Brian, I'm going to say no. How about no? Yeah. Okay, next question uh, comes yeah. from Amber at AMC Bariqua 510. Is the death spiral finally over? Brian, I'm going to say no. Uh, no, that is a no. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's weird. It's like a death spiral. Like you fall. Like someone shot you in the head and and kicked your body out of a plane. So you're just plummeting. Your body is, and on the way down, buzzards are finding you and ripping shreds off your corpse and before then, you and hit the ground. And you hit the water, and maybe your the last conscious thought is. Well, at least now it's over. But it turns out uh, you're, you're like you're actually in the sinkhole, so you're, there's more down to That's go. Right. You're in the um, what is it, the Mariana Trench? So yeah, exactly. It's gonna keep going. <laughs> All right. Um, not so, not your best week for questions, Cardass listeners. More, I guess. Okay. Um, from. Uh, Juan Barajas at Yay Area 853. Do you see Kane sticking at the five spot or the Giants replacing him in September with call ups? Well, um, I can, I can I see both of those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he has the five spot through the end of the month. And then if he's not, you know, if he's not performing by then and they don't have, well, if he's not performing by then, I would say they'll probably give PV another shot. Um, if PV doesn't work out, then they can go to Suarez. Uh, yeah. who will certainly be back. And then if Suarez also doesn't work, then there are a bunch of, and there are several starters the Giants have in AAA who could be good. Uh, Ty Block's been great for the last couple months. He's, 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 uh, the closest comp would be, would be Kirk Reader, but he's, that's kind of selling Block a little short in that he can strike people out sometimes. Um, but he is a, a lefty whose velocity is not, it, it's, it's better than readers, but it's not great. Uh, and he has very good command control. He's that kind of pitcher, and the Giants love his makeup. So if the if there's one of the actual prospecty guys who gets a call up and a start, my guess would be it, it would be Block. So that sounds like what Adalberto Mejia was supposed to kind of be. Mejia had had more pure stuff, and Block has more command. command. Um. Yeah, I, I, he won't have that his first start, right? He'll be all amped up, and so he won't be good for at least a start or two. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think I, I don't see how PV gets finds his way back into the rotation when he's not. He's been bad in relief. <laughs> just, yeah, just full stop. He's been bad in relief. Well, I mean, the Giants can make. Uses for that, right? It's a role he's not used to. He has no mentality for it. Right. We want to put him back to be comfortable. It's that's a very easy thing for the team to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other questions? Uh, let's see. We we had uh, one from the previous week, which I'll carry over. Okay, that's a good one. From at Fred Mercury Vest, the Vest. <laughs> uh, he or the Vest asks. Is there one player that is key to the stretch run for the Giants, or is that a dumb question? That is a dumb question. It's such a dumb question. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, what last week when he said Brandon Crawford would get seven hits in a game. We said that was that was in response to that question. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I can pick out a couple of players I think are going to be. This is, folks. I want you to know that your best guess, like if you sat and thought about it for five minutes, is probably going to be as accurate as as an expert quote-unquote guess it's baseball it's like really difficult to predict this stuff <laughs> you know do you can't say that Bumgarner and Cueto are going to be the key guys down the stretch because they're supposed to be 
So if they're not, you're you're boned. So then you you kind of have to figure who is going to be who are going to be those other guys. Uh, I would say that their acquisitions have to be in that you know Nunez and Moore have to be and Will Smith I guess they have to really perform at sort of the levels that they were before the Giants got them um, because they desperately need that performance going forward. If we take just a regular giant, I, I, it's plus, you know a, a standard giant who's already been on the team. Uh, I think it's Buster Posey. Um, I mean, I think, but yeah, Buster Posey is obviously important. I would say that, um, but I'm going against my own self. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> I, would, I would say it's just it's also pretty important for um, for Panic and Pence to get back to who they are, which is something that we think we've been starting to see these last these last few days. Um, yeah. So if they can maintain that performance, and honestly, I would say that Panic would even more so than Pence because the Giants have other outfielders. They don't have anyone else who will play second base at a high level. Um, so that's why my, my instinct would be more Panic is, is such a big key. And then on the pitching side, you know, it's tempting to say Matt Kane, but on the other hand, uh, apparently it's Santiago Casilla. So, <laughs> yeah, um, the Giants need good bullpen performances if they're going to keep some of these leads that they are at least getting now. If you know they're then blowing them, which is not great, but hey, you got to have a lead to blow a lead. That's what I always say. <laughs> and so, along those lines, I'm going to actually say Hunter Pence is sort of of the current, you know, the regular Giants because he's a he's a dynamic offensive presence. Um, they need the home runs. I'll just they get down. They need the home runs and doubles power. And he is far more consistent in the power department than Brandon Belt, who is a fantastic player. But let's, you know, that ship has sailed on the dream of 25 to 30 home runs. It's not happening. But with Pence, you still got a chance. Obviously not this year just because of playing time and the way that he plays, you know, leads injury and whatever. But, you know, he is a dynamic threat. And just he's as close to the Pablo Sandoval bad ball hitter as the Giants have now. And uh, and he's just dynamic. That makes him dynamic. And yeah, I'll, I'll go with you on the closer. If it's not Casilla, whoever is the cl- the last guy to <laughs> be in there, <laughs> don't be bad, guy. <laughs> don't be bad. This is all we ask. Yeah. Uh, so we, we ask your questions every week, uh, usually through our new Twitter account, at Mick Croncast. You can also tweet at us, uh, I am at every sixth day. I am at Moonwalk McFly. You can also bother at McCoveycron by asking him for dating advice, or <laughs> or yeah, or you know what what he wears when he goes to bed at night. Really creepy stuff if you want. A- ask at him McCovey- what he would name a llama if he got one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and so we will be back next week. Uh, we look forward to your comments down below in the comments section about whatever you are eating for lunch. And uh, don't forget, you can rate us on iTunes, the most uh, popular or best-reviewed podcast in iTunes history. That's That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget to check us out uh, every day on McCoveyChronicles.com, the number one source for all Giants news. We know stuff before Bruce Bochy, before uh, Bobby Evans does. We're, We're on top of it. So that's where you want to go, and you want to listen to this podcast. Thanks for listening today and next week. Bye.